Welcome to the Cookery by the Book podcast with Susie Chase. She's just a home cook in New York City, sitting at her dining room table, talking to cookbook authors. Hi, I'm Cassie Winslow, and my book is Floral Libations. What got you thinking about incorporating the unique flavors of flowers in beverages? Well, you know, I actually started kind of experimenting with flowers um, when years ago when I would make homemade bath salts. And I realized, you know, I'm using organic lavender and rose and I'm putting it in salt or sugar. And this is an act like I could use this as a culinary ingredient. And so I actually started using it in cooking first. And then started experimenting with simple syrups and adding it, adding um, you know, flowers that way to drinks. Um, so yeah. So where do we start when we want to stock our pantry with floral goodies? I would say rose salt would be the most versatile um, thing to make. And the way that my book is kind of laid out is um, the first chapter is all about floral pantry. Um, So kind of the two main go-tos I would say would be the rose salt and the lavender sugar. So they're both super easy to make. You just blend up the lavender, blend up the rose and add it um, to, you know, either salt or sugar. And um, you can use it in cooking. You could use it, like I said, making a bath salt. And then you can also make um, a really nice simple syrup with a lavender sugar. And you can add it to any drink that you like, whether it's, you know, an iced coffee or a cocktail. Um, and then the rose salt's really nice to use um, to rim glasses for favorite drinks like, um, you know, Greyhound or um, a margarita, of course, a Paloma. And I also like using rose salt a lot in my cooking. Um, the first time I actually ever used it was I was making um, homemade French fries. And I seasoned the French fries with the rose salt, and they were the prettiest fries I've ever had. (laughs) And they were delicious, too. (laughs) What did it taste like? Well, it kind of depends what rose you're using, but um, it it adds like a little tanginess to it. It's not really... Rose isn't the sweetest flower. Um, I mean, it can be, I guess. But most of the time when I'm using rose, it just adds like a little like tanginess, a little bite to whatever, um, you you know, you're using it for. But um, yeah, try it on French fries. It's a lot of fun. How long can we store the salts and the sugars that are in the cookbook? I would say um, about six months. The salt you can, I mean, I've had, I've made like big batches of the rose salt and I've had it um, last for, you know, a year, honestly, but just to be on the safe side, you know, I would say about six months. Um, the sugar, sometimes depending on the flower, the bloom that you use in the sugar, it can kind of add a little bit of moisture to the sugar. Um, so it doesn't last as long. The shelf life is a little shorter than with the salt. 41 fragrant drinks are in floral libations. This book is way more than just dropping an edible flower into a drink. What are some different ways we can incorporate floral flavors into recipes other than French fries? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's funny that you mentioned, you know, just adding an edible flower because a lot of times that's really a good way to incorporate um, eating flowers more often is just kind of experimenting and tossing them into like a salad. Um, nasturtiums grow um, crazy in Santa Cruz where I live and we always have them year round in our yard. And I love just going out and gathering some and throwing them in a salad and it just adds this beautiful brightness to, you know, the dish and each nasturtium 
each color tastes totally different. So it's just, it's so much fun to just try something new. If you've never really, um, you know, tasted flowers before, it's fun to just try them. You know, go to the um, bulk section of your natural food store and, you know, get a little chamomile, get a little calendula and, you know, rose, lavender, and just kind of taste them and see, you know, what you think and if you like it. And if you like it, you know, the lavender the most, then you can, you know, try experimenting with that. Um, and if it's challenging to find, um, you know, dried flowers at your local natural food store, you can find them online. Or also, if you look at the ingredient list, um, a lot of different teas are just whole flowers. Um, you know, so um, I mentioned that in the book, too, with a lot of the recipes, like for the chamomile syrup, you can just add a tea bag if you can't find, um, you know, chamomile flowers in bulk. So. So I know safety is a huge factor in foraging and sourcing. What should we look for on the packaging when we're um, trying to buy safe edible flowers other than organic? Is there anything else we should watch out for? It needs to be organic. And definitely, if you're going to use fresh flowers, grow them yourself. It's so easy to just toss some seeds out if you have a little bit of space in your yard. Um, You know, or you can, I have a whole chapter on, um, you know, growing edible flowers yourself, you could, you know, do a little, um, lavender and, you know, a little pot and put it by your front door and and you know what you're putting in to the soil. You know that you're not, you know, putting pesticides and, you know, using pesticides and that sort of thing. So, um, I think growing yourself or go to the farmer's market, um, growing them yourself is the safest way to go though. Cause you know, you know what you're using. In the book, you talk about dried versus fresh. What's the difference and what do you prefer? I prefer, that's a good question, because you can use them, you know, for different things. Uh, for Definitely for fresh flowers, using them as a garnish is, is really nice. And also, like I said, using them in salads and that sort of thing is, is really lovely. The thing that I like most about the dried flowers is they're um, easy to get your hands on. Like I said, you can find them in little tea packets or, um, you know, you can even find them online, too. They're really easy to come by. Um, and the flavor is more concentrated. So, for example, the rose petal sugar recipe that I have in the book, you can make it two different ways. One way, I use dried roses, and you just blend up the dried roses and then, um, you know, mix it with some sugar. Or um, another way that I can infuse some sugar using roses is I um, will grab, like, a handful of fresh rose petals um, and then let them sit in sugar for a week and just kind of mix them every day. And it is a more gentle flavor, I would say, than, um, than the dried rose. It's just more subtle. So it kind of depends what you like. You know, if you really like that bright floral concentrated flavor, then dried flowers are going to be your friend. Um, if you just kind of want to, you know, start slowly, then I would say try with fresh flowers and just add them to you know, as like a garnish or, um, you know, just taste, taste and experiment. <laughs> By the way, the photos in this book look like still life paintings. I really love the way that it turned out. Joan did an amazing job. It really is a love song to flowers in a way. And she captured the drinks in such a lovely, unique way. Was this your vision? Talk a bit about the design aspect of the book. Yeah. Um, when we were talking about, um, when I was talking to my editor about what I wanted the book to look like, I wanted photos, photos, photos for every single recipe pretty much. And, um, you know, that's pretty much how it turned out. I'm such a visual person that when I'm looking through a cookbook, it's so helpful to see what it looks like. 
you know, rather than trying to envision it myself. And so, um, and of course with flowers, they're so beautiful and they add so much color and, um, you know, life to the drink that I just really wanted to be able to showcase that for each recipe. You have drinks for different occasions like Mother's Day, which is coming up, spring bridal showers, a kid's birthday party, or even a beach bonfire. What would you recommend for Mother's Day out of your book? Oh, the lavender, um, the lavender gin lemonade is so delicious and it's really easy to make. Um, so I think that that could be a really, you know, good first go-to recipe. Um, and everyone loves it. It's just, it's a great crowd pleaser and, um, it's so pretty too. I was just actually making it last week with someone and we made the, um, rose simple syrup and then added the lemon juice to it. And it just turns this bright pink color. It's so pretty. That's a, that's a good one to make for your mama for Mother's Day. And I bet you could make one non-alcoholic. I guess you could just take the gin out. That's what's so great about it. Yeah, you just don't add the gin and it still has lavender in it because you're making the lavender simple syrup. So, Tell me about your blog called Deco Tartlet. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I started Deco Tartlet, uh, I want to say five years ago. Has it been that long? My goodness. Um. My husband and I were living in the middle of the Redwoods in the Santa Cruz Mountains, and I just was needing a creative outlet. And I had never even heard of a blog before. And we were at that time thinking about moving to Paris. We ended up not moving to Paris, long story. We moved to Hollywood instead. Um, But um, I had discovered this blog of Oh Happy Day, actually. She um, had lived in Paris, and I thought, this is so much fun. Like, I you know, I would love to do something like this. So I started the blog and, um, I did some fashion stuff and, um, you know, some like, like at that, uh, like I mentioned, I was making some homemade bath bulbs and some, um, you know, homemade body care stuff. So I started with that too and just started posting recipes, um, that I was making. I think the first recipe I posted was like a blackberry lavender crumble, um, that Darling Magazine actually ended up um, featuring, and then I ended up collaborating with them quite a bit. But yeah, it's just been a creative outlet for me. And because I love flowers so much, I've always um, incorporated them into the blog somehow. Um, so over the years, um, since kind of becoming a mama and um, not really having as much extra time to go and do these, you know, elaborate fashion shoots that has kind of dissipated a little bit and um, we still try to incorporate that a little bit when I say we I mean my husband kind of my husband helps me <laughs> with the blog <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah it's really kind of transformed into a focus on um, you know floral recipes which has been a lot of fun okay now to my segment called my last meal what would you have for your last supper no pressure oh my goodness <laughs> Can I come up with two or does it have to be one? Yes, you could totally <laughs> come up with two. Sure. <laughs> okay. Okay. So I would say my husband's bolognese is one of my favorite things in the world with a yummy salad with a big piece of garlic bread covered with herbs and, of course, sprinkled with some rose salt. That would be one. And then the other, a hamburger, french fries, and a strawberry lavender milkshake. <laughs> That sounds great. I'm so hungry. That sounds really good. Where can we find you on the web and social media? So my website is decotartlet.com. 
And you can find me on Instagram and Pinterest at Deco Tartlet. Flowers don't belong just in the garden or a vase, but in imaginative libations as well. Thanks so much, Cassie, for coming on Cookery by the Book podcast. Thank you, Susie. This has been so much fun. It's great speaking with you. Follow Susie Chase on Instagram at Cookery by the Book and subscribe at cookerybythebook.com or in Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening to Cookery by the Book podcast, the only podcast devoted to cookbooks since 2015.